hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. It's time once again for the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group here on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and live streaming on KNZR.com. You can get in touch with Lori by calling 661-665-SOLD. That's 661 661- 665-7653. While she won't be able to answer it for the next hour or so, one of her partners will, and they'll be delighted to help you with all your real estate needs. So give them a call. And good morning, Lori. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Adelaide. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. Happy to be here. And it looks like you've got a full house in the studio today. Yeah, I sure <laughs> do. You know, we've been talking about what a strong seller's market it is. And I know it can be really frustrating for buyers out there who are looking for homes. So this morning, I thought we'd talk about how to help buyers win in today's market. And who better to discuss that than two of my top buyer specialists. These are some amazing women who specialize in serving the needs of buyers in today's economy. They comb all the neighborhoods their clients are looking for in both on and off market listings so that they are trying to meet the needs of each and every one of their buyers. And I couldn't be prouder to have each one of them as partners in the McCarty Group. So please help me welcome Margaret Edmonston and Stacy Rigney to the mics this morning. So Margaret, let's start with you. You've been a member of the team for going on, what, eight years now? Eight years, yes. And you have been incredibly successful. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a real estate agent. Um, I came to be a real estate agent after I um, finished college at Chico. I moved back home um, and was just, I had a minor in business and um, I majored in sociology and a minor in business. And and I always liked to go to uh, model homes. And so I just still liked houses so I decided to um, get my real estate license. Well what better I mean if you're going to go visit houses what better way to visit them but to also show people and make money at it right? Exactly so yes so I started um, this process about 28 years ago and I was licensed in September of 1993 I believe it was. Yeah and that's when she was like you know 10 I'm sure. But no, and ever since then, I really, I've had a, just a wonderful time. I mean, I've been through ups and downs. I've, was, the market has probably changed five times since I've had my license. And, and I think just part of being an agent um, with consistent, um, you know, with consistency is to be able to uh, adjust to different markets. Absolutely. So, Stacy, you've been with us for about three years now, yes. and you've also been extremely <laughs> successful. Tell us about you. How did you wind up in this industry, and what is it that you love about it? Well, I've been in real estate now for a little over eight years, Mm -hmm. Um, and I was chained to a desk (laughs) um, and wanted to get a little freedom Mm -hmm. 
Um, get away from just chained to a desk for 10, 12 hours a day. Um, real estate has always intrigued me. <clears throat> and I had the opportunity to get my license mm-hmm. and went down the road of this is what I'm doing. I love it. Um, I love relationships with people. I love helping people. Um, it's rewarding to me, the smiles on their faces when I hand them the keys. Um, and that, that is something that I think both of you guys are so great at. Um, like I said, it, it is just a pleasure to watch you guys work and to see what you wind up doing each and every day. So explain to us, as a buyer specialist, and we'll start with you, Stacy. Okay. how you view your role in a real estate transaction. I mean, what is it that you do, and, and why do you think you're important, maybe even critical to the transaction? Well, I think I bring the glue to hold the transaction together. Oh, um, good way of looking at it. The negotiator. Um, the looking out in the best interest for the buyer, um, you know, what their wants and needs are, how we can accomplish getting their wants and needs through to the other side, the listing agent and the sellers. Um, and our ultimate goal, of course, is to have a smooth transaction, um, keep, you know, the inspections going and the time frame going to meet the needs of my clients perfect and what about you margaret i think um one of my biggest roles is to keep them confident that they've made the right decision that the house is fits all their needs and that the transaction is smooth just to keep the communication going with them and their lender because i think that their lender uh, makes a big difference um, and help smooth the transactions going. Oh, you're so right. Um, and I just think communication, um, just really listening to them when we do the inspections and walkthroughs, because not every, you know, issue is a problem. I mean, with each each buyer is different. I mean, one thing might be an issue with one buyer, but one might be another. I mean, he might be a contractor, and you know, replacing something might not be a problem, but somebody might not be able to change a light bulb, and and dead light bulbs are you know, if it's a tall ceiling. How am I going to change that light bulb? I want that light. I mean, it's simple things or major things. You just really have to figure out what your buyer's needs are and what they can and can't do um, after the close of escrow and what they want accomplished. I think that's exactly right. And I think why it's so important to have a buyer specialist in a transaction, for anybody who has studied business, they know that a, a key tenant for performance improvement is specialization, mm-hmm. right? When you specialize in tasks and you complete them you know, repetitively, you improve your efficiency and you foster excellence. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you guys are the epitome of that. Also, when you think about real estate transactions in particular, having a buyer specialist in your corner at least on our team, means that you have an advocate on your side who's always fighting for you. You don't ever run the risk of having someone who's possibly trying to balance the needs of the buyer and the seller, but rather someone who's being the advocate only for the buyer in that particular transaction, right? 
I agree. Yeah. Now, I know in today's market, <laughs> the uh, there are a lot of things that are the same as when I used to show property on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. But I also know that the world has turned upside down Shoot, just in the last year. Many, many different things have changed. So tell us, what are some of the, the things that you guys do in terms of what's the first step maybe that you look at beyond, um, beyond assessing what the buyer's needs are? Margaret? Um, really, after we assess what the buyer wants, well, the pre-qualification process is the most important. And I think getting desktop underwriting approval, which means that the lender has checked their employment and really gotten their taxes and gotten all the documentation, and they've gone over the first step of just a pre-qualification letter, and that proves that they are um, a, a true buyer, and an, and, an, and then that helps the seller realize that they are not just you know throwing spaghetti on a wall to see if they get it. It's not a game, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and that's I think in this market especially, a lot more agents are asking for desktop underwriting and not just a pre-qualification letter. Um, okay. I think that also um, with just to, buyers know what they want more now. I mean their needs have changed with the staying at home. We see a lot of people that really need to have that either fourth bedroom or office space because so many people or work from home in schools, they just need a separate room to do that. So I think that's why the market is really moving a lot because people are getting into their new groove, I guess it is. Okay. Are you seeing that too, Stacey, that, yes. uh, that seller's agents are wanting the pre-approval or the desktop underwriting? You're seeing that in your with your yeah. clients as well? Mm -hmm. It's always a plus. Okay. Um, definitely pre-approval. Okay, um, it, versus pre-qualification. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else that you would add to that in terms, do you handle it any differently than Margaret in terms of that first step? Not really. It allows the buyers to know and be comfortable with the price that we're looking in. We definitely want to make sure that they qualify for that and they're comfortable with that payment. Um, if they're not, I can show them something that they're going to fall in love with and then come to find out they're not comfortable with the payment. So it, it also puts things into perspective for the buyers on, you know, what they're comfortable with. And then from there, um, of course, meeting the criteria and having that letter. We can't write an offer without any type of a letter from a lender. So that is definitely an important step. So how can you help clients that aren't pre-approved? Well, if you're not quite there yet, we can work towards that, whether it be, you know, 60 days, 90 days, whether it be your credit that we need to assist you with. We have someone that can help assist you with that um, in, you know, um, raising your credit score mm -hmm. um, to get you where you need to be. Um, and then I would probably say... Um, the lender can also help. Maybe it's pay off debt. Oh, right. You know, maybe it's... And, and also, before you go paying off debt out there, people, some debt you can actually still qualify while you have that. So you're going to want to talk with one of these women or mm -hmm. another great qualified agent 
and a lender before you start doing things on your own, right? Wouldn't you agree? Right, because it all has to do with debt ratio. I mean, you can have a, a visa that has a $5,000 limit, but you only owe $1,000 on it. You have lots of credit there, so that is a plus. But you say like a department store credit card with a $500 limit and you owe $400, well, you're leveraged there. Right. So sometimes it's better to pay off the $400 instead of the 1000 because that's going to raise your credit score and because it, it's going to give you more leverage out there. It's just between your debt-to-income ratio and your um, whatever your debt-to-credit ratio is also. That makes perfect sense. And even yes. in the process of getting the loan, you know, they say, oh, don't buy a car, don't buy furniture. But even a shopping spree at Macy's could send you over the edge of qualifying when they pull your credit the day they do loan docs. So right. it just, it's very good to just to be credit conscious and just focus on one thing at a time when you're purchasing a home. Perfect. So now how much money should buyers have in the bank for down payment and closing costs? Well, it just really depends on what type of loan you're getting. FHA, um, it's about 3.5% down payment and another 3% of um, closing costs, so about 6.5%. Um, with VA, um, thank you for your service, you get a dollar down, plus about 2.5% of the cost and closing costs, which, which is recurring, which is property taxes and insurance, things that are going to happen you know, on a regular basis. And then with conventional, if it's your first time and you have good credit, you can get in as low as 3% and then 3% closing costs. It really depends sometimes on the time of year with taxes, when taxes are due and obviously with your credit. Credit is very important. Right, because credit can determine your down payment, right? And as well as your interest rate? Interest rate and your uh, mortgage insurance premium. Right. Your PMI. But if you have 20% down, and like if you're selling a house and have a lot of equity, 20%, then you'll never have the mortgage insurance premium, which is nice. Right. Is there anything you would add to that, Stacy? I don't think so. Are there the some well down payment assistance programs where buyers can get in with little or no money down? What about paying closing costs? Do sellers still do that these days? We're seeing it less and less in our market um, because of the shortage. Of inventory. Of inventory. Okay. Um, our market is similar to back in April. Mm-hmm. When we had, um, when you were trying to get toilet paper, <laughs> <laughs> that is a great analogy. Um, that Stacey. is what we're seeing in homes. <laughs> we have a shortage. Are people stealing the toilet paper on a walkthrough? <laughs> That's what you got to watch right. out for. It. Exactly. Yes. Hey, Stacy and Margaret. Um, so, is there something that buyers should not do before buying a home, or when they're shopping for a home, or the things to avoid? Uh, just mainly large purchases. It's not. Um, it's like, oh, I'm going to buy a house and a car on the same day. It's, you know, you really need to focus on just getting your credit and getting, um, your, you know, everything done to buy the house. I mean, because you'll need two years taxes and bank statements and, and don't switch jobs. <laughs> right. Oh, right. that would be bad, would Do not it? switch jobs <laughs> in the middle of an escrow. That's the main thing. I mean, it's like, oh, I'm going to... I have this great opportunity. I'm like, well, wait two weeks, and then you can have your great opportunity, but we need to get this house closed first. Yes. (laughs) Well, because I think sometimes buyers don't realize that the day before they fund the loan or the day of funding, that the lender goes in and pulls a new credit report and does a 
job verification to make sure that the buyer is still employed and that they haven't changed their their credit. And if there have been changes, they will not fund that loan. Correct. Correct. Um, And I think that's our job as buyer specialists to really, you know, have that conversation with them over and over, you know, with them about how's things going, you know, make sure that you listen to your lender, get them everything they need in a timely manner, because we can do as much as we can, but if they don't do things in a timely manner, it's going to drag things out. Right. Well, and I think I would add two other things, and they seem logical, but in today's world, sometimes logic doesn't prevail. Um, please continue making payments on everything that you do have debt yes. on. Um, don't think that, oh, things are a little tight right now, um, so I'm just going to skip that payment because it will bite you. And secondly, don't keep shopping for homes. Don't go fall in love with something else that you can't afford, right? Right. Exactly. Um, and if you're selling a home and purchasing a new home, just because your house is sold, you still need to make your house payment also. Oh, yes. Very important. Right. Sometimes people do think that, oh, it's an escrow. Well, they're going to pay it off. They're going have- to pay it off. Yeah. I don't need to make that payment. And then they wind up with a mortgage late, um, which impacts their ability to purchase that new home, unfortunately. Right. So how do you counsel those buyers, Stacy? that really want more house than they can afford? Well, that can be difficult, Mm -hmm. um, especially in our market with the shortage of of homes out there. Um, A lot of times it's just putting numbers on paper for me, you know, putting the numbers on paper of what they can. We all want to push it to the top. Of, of the limit. That's just our nature, I think. Human you know, nature. and everybody sees. Well, for five more thousand, look at what I can get. I can get there. You know, for five more thousand, for five more thousand. But um, we'll find what you need. I right. promise you. I'm going to find everything you're wanting and everything you're looking for. We're going to find. Right. I, in the price range that we have, if we overexert. It's not always the best. Well, and later on, you're probably going to be resentful that you are house poor. You're spending so much of your income towards the house and not able to do other things that would be enjoyable for your lifestyle as a family. What about you, Margaret? It goes to what I explained to them. I try to find out what their interests are, where they like to go on vacation, what they like to do. I mean, especially if they have like a trailer. I mean, what is that? I mean, I know you want RV parking, but with the trailer, you have a payment. And then you have, you know, when you go places, you want to have that extra money to go places. I mean, are you just going to use the, go to your trailer and your RV parking because you have this more expensive payment? They're like, oh, you're right. As long as I get my RV parking and this payment, I can still afford to take my, you know, trailer or, or do things that they're interested in. Or if it's maybe their kids, you know, are in club sports and they are out of town on weekends and stuff, that's a big expense. I even thought about that. So, I mean, how much does that cost you a month? So I think really them to break down their budget in their own mind, how much the, the, that payment at that level means to them and, right. and the rest of their life. Looking at their life as a whole. Right. 
and how that's going to impact every member of the mm-hmm. family. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. and some people, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to work and save my, you know, I'm going to have children and I want to stay home. Well, how is that going to affect you when one um, parent stays home? Loss of income. Right. Right. Now you're how still going to be comfortable mm-hmm. with this payment. Mm-hmm. Or when they're on leave, you know, because both parents can take leave. So how is that going to affect your house payment? So I just want people to like, especially if it's their first home, I'm like, this is your first home. We're going to go ahead and buy this at this price range and this level. We're going to build up some equity. You, then we can sell it. And then, you know, you can move on when you're more comfortable with that higher price range. Everybody wants something bigger and better, but I think just what you're comfortable with is best. Right. My husband Great. always calls it champagne taste on a beer budget, right? right? I think so we true. all have we that. All do. Right. You know, you guys are such a wealth of information, and this has been a great first segment. I've got so many more questions I want to ask you about, but let's let our listeners go freshen their coffee or put a load of laundry in the wash while we take a short break, um, because they're not going to want to miss our next segment, where I'm going to ask these two talented realtors how a buyer can stand out in a sea of multiple offers. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review, where these ladies are obviously very popular as their phones are going off right and left. Anyway, you're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori or any one of these wonderful women you've been listening to this morning, you can call them anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to the website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all of the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Whether it's in the wee hours of the morning before anyone else is awake, or late at night after you've gotten all the kids to bed. If you'd like a video tour of a home that doesn't have one, just reach out and she or one of her partners will be happy to accommodate you. And remember, she's ranked as one of the top 250 agents in the nation by the Wall Street Journal and her goal, as well as that of her team, is to serve you. So let her do that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. The times we're living in are unparalleled, and it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com.
And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. You can call Lori at the McCarty Group anytime, and that phone number is 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to the website at themccartygroup.com. Voted Best of Bakersfield, your favorite realtor for 2020 and I'm sure that's an honor she'll win again this year. I know she's our favorite realtor here. Thanks so much, Adelaide. And Okay, here's a shameless plug. Voting is open again for Base of Bakersfield. And from now until February 21st, if you find value in this show and what we do here, I'd love to have your vote for Best of uh, Real Estate Agent for Best of Bakersfield. Now, Lori, tell them where to go to vote. Well, you just go to the... Bakersfield Californians website. You can Google Best of Bakersfield 2021. Go right in there under services, click Best Real Estate Agent, and click on Vote for Lori McCarty. Got it. Done. All right. So if you're just tuning in, we're visiting this morning with Margaret Edmonston and Stacy Rigney. These are two of my top buyer specialists, and they have been giving us insights into the process of buying a home. Now, obviously, people can reach you guys by calling the office number, but if they want to reach you directly, Margaret, what number should they call? 661-205-1418 is my cell phone. Perfect. And Stacy? 661-805-2702. That is my cell phone. Perfect. So now, before the break, we were talking about the basics of getting pre-approved to purchase a home. So take us on that journey of viewing properties. What's the first thing you and buyers notice about a home? Whichever one of you wants to go first. I think the first thing is honestly the neighborhood. When you go, I mean, you turn onto the street, you know, you see the pictures, you see the virtual tour prior to going, and then you turn onto the, and then there's cars broken down and dead lawns. And it's like your expectations start going down. I think that's the first thing you see. And then you get to the house that you wanted to see, and it's the diamond in the rough, and everything's perfect. And, you know, the lawn's groomed, and the front door is nice and clean. There's flowers in the flower beds. And that just, uh, you're, you awaken again to realize that the inside is going to be as nice as the pictures were. I think the neighborhood really, you know, does, is your first impression. It really impacts yeah. what a buyer feels. You feel that way too, Stacey? I feel that way too. Curb appeal, you know, um, yes, it's huge. It's huge. So really selling starts before you ever get to the property. Right. Right? Yes. So let's say it's a great neighborhood. All the homes are well kept. There's not a car in sight parked on the street. You pull up and the house that you're going to show them looks every bit as well manicured as all the ones around it okay you walk in the front door then what is it the floor plan is it uh the features and amenities is it the cleanliness what then strikes you is it the color scheme all of it all of that what about the decor does is that important i don't think that they're the furniture of the sellers is as important as um, just to see the room size. If they have really large furniture, it sort of makes the room smaller, and so that sort of impacts it. But I really think and consistency matters also as far as flooring um, and paint. Oh, 
So from a seller standpoint, having five different floorings really, in five different rooms is not, distracting. It's it is distracting. Well, doesn't it kind of? I've always thought it makes the rooms feel smaller and the floor plan feel choppy, right. rather than flow. creating a flow, a right. unifying feel to the home. And it really has to do with what the buyer wants. I mean, there's you know a lot of buyers they want a great room, but a lot of you know other buyers they don't. They want the formal still. They want the formal dining and formal living. So I mean, I think really as a buyer specialist, you have to know what their wants are and needs are before you take them out. So you're not showing them a bunch of houses that they have no intention of buying. Right. I mean, if they tell you it has to have this, you know, and sometimes people say I don't want a pool. And in certain price range, finding a house without a pool is harder than finding one with the pool. So, I mean, it's really, right. I mean, there's different things. That you I mean, have to look for right. or eliminate right. with each house that you're, you're looking at, right? Um, what about cleanliness? How important is that? It's nobody wants to look at a dirty house. Okay. It's important. You know, less is more. When a buyer walks in, the less that's in there, the more they can envision their items in it. Um, okay. And that's an important thing for a buyer to say. When you start seeing the buyer saying, oh, wouldn't our TV look great here? And we could put a couch here and a chair here. And that's when you know they're they're into it. They're, they're starting to make buying decisions, right? Exactly. And so that brings up an interesting question. Do homes show better with or without furniture? I think they show better with minimal furniture. Okay. Mm -hmm. So kind of back to what you were We're saying, if you've got large furniture Furniture, and it overwhelms a room, maybe take that out. Correct. Take some of it out. But I mean, I think um, a lot of knickknacks, you don't want a lot of knickknacks around because that Mm -hmm. just really shows dust. A lot of dust. Right. And, and don't cram everything in your garage because buyers do look in the garage and they're like, okay, all this, you know, it's really not a, I mean, people want to see the garage also because, I mean, the garage might be the most important thing to one of the family members. They might, you know, work on cars or, or you know, want it as a gym. So, I mean, throwing stuff in the garage is not a good thing either. Okay. So clearly I should be talking to my buyer specialist more often because as you guys have heard me say often, I think it is okay to stack your boxes neatly in the garage. Well, um, neatly, but not just, I mean, you open not the just door and it's like, it is just like, you know, a big pile in the middle of the right. right. Okay. Neatly stacked is good because, you know, see, look at, they're dedicated. They want to sell this house. They're starting to neatly pack their items, not just throw everything in a pile and going, okay, this is how they're going to leave this when they leave, just all the stuff they don't want. Right. It sort of gives an impression of... I understand. So are there any common turnoffs that you guys see for buyers? Um, Odors. Ah. Odors can make you not even want to, yeah, pet odors. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, Smoking, definitely. Um, Anything else that makes it difficult to show a property? I mean, the cabinets, if your cabinets are really beat up and not taken care of, you know, their hinges are loose. I mean, things like that. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, this, these people didn't take care of this. And I, So if it's a sea of deferred maintenance, correct. right? Yeah, people. deferred maintenance. I mean, even simple things like dirty door jams and light fixture, you know, light socket. I mean, just they can say, oh, yeah, they might have cleaned the floors, but they didn't really 
keep it, it up. So really, we do need to be looking for deep cleaning all surfaces before we put a home on the market. Especially it's now important. in this day and age, people see that with, mm -hmm. I mean, and I think cleanliness has taken a new meaning in the well, last year. Absolutely, you know, it's all about sanitizing, right. washing your hands, etc. Um, I would think that um, most people have become very conscientious about right. that. Um, and I know there is a tendency for sellers uh, and, and maybe some agents encourage this. Oh, no, it's a great market. You don't have to do anything. Let's put your house on the market and get it sold. Boom. Mm -mm. I, I think from the seller's standpoint, they're leaving dollars on the table. But I also think, correct me if I'm wrong, they're turning off a lot of buyers. Right. I mean, even if there's only three homes, but two of them are dirty and one of them's not, they're going to pay more for the one that's not than the ones that are. Okay. Because they, you know, they, they see the value in, in people taking care of what they have. Mm -hmm. and knowing that they love their home and they want somebody else to enjoy it also, not have a headache when they get in there. Well, doesn't it kind of lead to the thought process that, well, gosh, if you keep what I can see, what's visible to me, neat and tidy, then you've probably maintained the systems and components like the heating and cooling and the roof and all those things I can't really right. see. You've probably done a really good job of maintaining those as well. Right. And Which that, could or could not be true, but at least it gives that impression, mm -hmm. right? Correct. It does. It gives an impression that they, you know, they respect their home and they want it, they took care of it and they want to pass it on to somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. What about Stacy when sellers are there when you're trying to show the property? Does that create a problem? Yes, it can um, be difficult, um, even, especially when they follow you around. I know oh. they think they're doing good by pointing out all the features all of the their features, home. You know, they're so proud of everything, but really buyers are like, ugh. It, some don't even really want to proceed. Um, you know, with the tour, when you have the sellers there or pointing everything out. Um, buyers want to be, I guess, maybe real or have an, ex you know, f the feelings. And sometimes they talk amongst each other and they really want to look. Sometimes they feel like they can't open a closet or they feel like they can't open, you know, a door. And um, so they and don't they get a good feel really of the home. they engage with the home then it's hard for them to start feeling like it could right. be theirs. To envisioning, right, them in it and the features of it. Right. Yes, correct. Because isn't the whole goal of showing property not to show it, but to sell it, mm -hmm. right? And I know that when I've looked at homes for myself or our family, that if sellers are there... I kind of feel like I'm intruding, that it's still mm -hmm. their home, yes. and I don't really have an opportunity to try to make it mine. Is that That's sort of correct. what So you you're experience? asking them, can I open this door? Mm -hmm. <laughs> can I look in this closet? Right. Can I, because everyone wants to see how much room is in the closet. So there's much, never enough storage. There's never there. enough storage, <laughs> so it's... Yes, it's important. Well, I think it gives the impression that the seller's not ready to give up the home, not release. Oh, I hadn't even yeah. thought of it that way, And they're Margaret. like, okay, well, you can look at it, but I'm not sure I want to sell it still yet. Well, and I guess it could even give the impression of, 
I don't trust you. Right. I want yeah. to pick somebody that, you know, that, you know, I feel deserves it kind of thing. Well, that's not right. I mean, right. the the buyer needs to feel comfortable. Like I tell them, every, you, you're the one that gets to write the check every month, and you need to have a smile on your face when you write it. Absolutely. And not regret. So, I mean, I think having the seller there just gives the impression that they're not ready to, to move, move forward. Yet. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thanks so much for sharing that, because I think it's important from the seller side to know, hey, these are big turnoffs. These are things that could stop my home from selling, particularly when all the news has to say these days and all we seem to hear is seller's market, no inventory, go, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And I think cameras too. A lot of houses have cameras now. Oh, yes. And buyers see the cameras mm -hmm. and they like sort of they can't express themselves i don't know how you turn them off while they're showings but um i think that they they sort of clam up and don't want to talk about it until they leave the house okay that's interesting because i hear from the sellers oh gosh we're pretty sure this client is going to actually wind up making an offer because right. i hear just the opposite oh they were saying how much they loved the house so. right. I'm thinking some of them, I mean, until they see the cameras, because some of them right. don't know that there's cameras until... Well, and that's yeah, true. After that's true. The... Now, uh, Margaret, you mentioned neighborhood earlier. I'm, I hear schools mentioned a lot. Is that something to think about? Oh, definitely. Schools definitely affect your, the, your resale value and the price that you're getting now. I mean, obviously, we want every child to go to a really good school, but in Kern County, there's different schools in different areas that are better than others just like every city but I think schools really matter um, it's always nice to ask um, what schools do the kids currently go to and if is that a factor I mean are they an age where they want to you know switch schools like six going to seventh is that an age where some people they switch areas in schools so I really think that um, asking what schools their children are in and if they want to stay or not um, and then even for resale if you don't have children if you buy in a neighborhood that has a good resale because of the schools, it's always a plus. Is there a place I can go to to rank the schools, or is that? Um, you can go to the website. You can go to the Kern County Superintendent of Schools, oh, and okay. they will give you all the information on each school, individual schools. Okay. Thank you. You bet. So, guys, on average, how many homes do buyers look at these days before they put in an offer? Well, it depends okay. on, of course, the buyer. But I would say on average, maybe three to seven. Would you agree with that, Margaret? In this market, yes, I would say three to seven homes. Um, I mean, I've sold them to the first house they've looked at, and I've shown them the you know, 20th house. I mean, it really right. just depends on what their needs are. I think technology these days has a lot mm -hmm. to do with that, right? right? Because they're able to see so much more online than they were able to years ago. Yes. So, the question that I know everyone's been waiting for, right? How can a buyer get their offer to stand out in this sea of multiple offers that the sellers are experiencing? Who wants to go first? I think there's several factors. I really think it has to do with financing, number one, how much you're putting down. Um, obviously, if you're putting a larger amount down, mm -hmm. the seller feels more comfortable taking your offer. Um, the highest price always isn't the best price. Mm, that's um, true. You can, you can 
offer whatever you want, but it still has to go through the appraisal process. Mm-hmm. And um, so you want to make sure that you are, you know, being fair to yourself in that process. Um, with the Mercardi Group, we have a lot of secrets out there um, <laughs> and a lot of techniques to get houses sold um, for our buyers. And I think that um, just trusting your agent that has their best interest and listening to us as buyer specialists will help get your offer put through. Perfect. Stacy, what well, else? I agree with all of that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a case by case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on um, the home and the buyer's situation. Um, but, of course, doing our research, um, having the knowledge, um, coming in, you know, with a strong offer. Um, and working with, you know, the agents we work with, trying to keep those relationships. So that way that definitely helps as well. Um and being able to offer over asking if there are multiple offers, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that um, we're seeing a lot of. Absolutely. You know, and just um, definitely having an DU approval, underwriting approval at that point may be a perk. Sometimes cash offers, they can go over, um, you know, an offer that's financing if we have, you know, that um, just whatever strong points or whatever strong features each buyer holds, mm-hmm. that's when we kind of have to pull out all the cards and say, okay, we're the best. <laughs> well, and I'm not going to ask you guys to share all of your secrets because I think that would be disadvantaging some of the buyers that you're currently working with, right? Um, but I know one one tip that you guys have used frequently that has really helped you um, has been that offer letter. Um, Tell us about that, Stacy. So it's, you can reach sellers on different levels. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my buyers when they're in love, love, love with the home and, oh, Stacy, we just got to have this house. I say, well, maybe we can reach the sellers on a different level you know write a letter um let the seller know what are your likes why is it that you deserve them to choose your offer you know what what, whether it be you know it's just perfect for your family and the daughter fell in love with the pink paint on the wall and you know the backyard has a special spot where you know your son likes to to run and play and the pool and barbecuing with your family and just why is this the home for you and the seller should choose your offer now Stacy that, that's a great thing I wasn't even aware of that and, and I, I feel like sometimes, in my experiences, I've got a young son, we want to be close to the school, but you put in the offer, and then here comes a cash investor swooping in. So, so that's great to know about that offer letter. I mean, sellers actually do read these. Uh, they yes. do. This is great. This mm-hmm. is great. Because it's a bummer when you're like, man, it's close to a park. There's a school. you know. And then all of a sudden, well, they took a cash offer. Couldn't do anything about it. And you're like, but Seller's not always will do that i mean they will see the value and i mean somebody that really respects their home and loves their home and raised their children in this home a lot of sellers will take offers 
because they don't want their house turned into a rental. Correct. They don't want, you know, because they, mm-hmm. I mean, they still have relationships with their neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, so just because there's a cash offer doesn't mean that they're automatically going to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. It It is on a case-by-case basis. And that's why the letter comes in handy. It does. I, I just recently had a seller. They actually did wind up going with the cash offer because it... It just made sense for them in the long run. But prior to that, they had had multiple offers, and the offer letter made all the difference in the world because it established a connection between the seller and the buyer in terms of military service. And frankly, when the cash offer came in, it caused the... um, seller to have a sleepless night feeling like he was letting his military um, brother down but he in the final analysis decided he had to do what was best for he and his family by accepting that cash offer Um, and so absolutely I think they make a difference Um, not always but I think it's it's one of those things that it is well worth the effort. You know, and I think one of the things, or several of the things actually, that I have always admired and valued in, in each of you, and part of what makes you guys so incredibly successful is, number one, your ability to balance data and emotion and, and your ability to know which one to use and when. Right, And then the fact that you, and honestly, everyone on the team, really strive to create a win-win scenario in negotiations. And then you guys are always trying to build rapport. Real estate, as Stacy has said, is all about relationships. And you never know when you're going to work with that client or that listing agent again. And that relationship aspect is something that both of you do so incredibly well, although each of you have your own different style and way of doing it. So stay tuned, because when we come back, we're going to ask about the most common mistakes that potential home buyers make. Okay, so it gives you something to think about while we take a break. That's something that I think is extremely important, and I'm sure our listeners won't want to miss it. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. 
She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD. Online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. You're listening to KNZR 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on her social media, For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook at The Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. And we're visiting this morning with Margaret Edmonston and Stacey Rigney, two of Lori's buyer specialists at the McCarty Group, and they've been sharing their insights on how buyers can best succeed in today's real estate market. And welcome back with the guests, Stacy, Margaret, and Lori. Thanks so much, Adelaide. So I'm curious, guys, we talked about how people could succeed, how buyers could position themselves to put forth their best possible offers, and of course, We just don't have enough time for you guys to share all of your tips and secrets here. Um, So if they want, they can contact you directly. Uh, Margaret, that's going to be 205-1418, area code 661. And for Stacy, that's going to be 661-805-2702, right? Mm -hmm. So beyond how they can get their offers accepted... What are some of the common mistakes you see potentials buyer, potential buyers making in this really strong seller's market that we're experiencing? I think panic settling. Oh, settling. That's they, a good they panic one. and they settle for something and then they you're, you know, do the inspections and they regret it and you you see it in their eyes at the home inspection that they this really isn't going to fit their needs and wants. Oh, that's that's got to be and devastating. they spent money, but you just have to, you know, put your trust in them that they're and, and let them know that you're they're here for them and to support them. And then if this is not the right thing for, we need to get out now for both them and the seller's case. Because if they're, it's just like trying on clothes. If it's okay in the store, you're still not going to wear it when you get it home. Right. And you want, you know, my favorite thing is to run into somebody at the grocery store and then tell them, you know, pass by or, oh, I've just done this to my house and just thank you so much. You want that experience, not them, you know, running from you and not, you know, regretting it. Right. But that doesn't happen that often, no, does it? No, not very often. Not at all. No. I mean, it, it doesn't happen that often. But I think their biggest mistakes is farther is, you know, more of. Is it that fear of missing out that if I don't jump now, I'm not going to get something? Right, get something and the prices are going to go up or or the interest rates are going to go up. I mean, I think there's a lot of panic fear about that. But I think that just 
you have to just trust the market and trust you know your agents that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, so I think if you interview and you are working with a good, strong agent that you know has your best interest at heart, that they're putting your needs above theirs, that you should have that confidence level, right? right? What about you, Stacey? What are some potential mistakes that you see buyers making in today's market? Uh, maybe thinking they can still lowball offers. Oh, really? Uh, People still uh, think they can do that? Yeah, even oh, with wow. the market like it is, just you know, educating them on, uh, right now, those days are over. Well, and don't you think a lot of that comes from maybe family members who mean well, that are counseling them, but who haven't bought a house in 5, 10, 15 years, and they're, yes. they're relaying to them their experience from 5, 10, 15 years ago, when, when that was perfectly acceptable. You could start here to work your way up, right? I agree. Yep, I agree. Um, some, they have a fear of getting you know, meeting with a lender and getting the pre-approval process going. So well, therefore they want to relate look. to that. You know, I still get butterflies when I, you know, it's kind of like peeling open, you know, your whole world for somebody to look at and pick apart and say, hmm, I don't know. You know, it's like that judgment thing. So I can kind of relate. They're not getting the house unless they do it. Right. And then we find one that they really, really want or they really like, and we're not ready. <gasps> and then it's gone. <laughs> right. So, so so I imagine speed is really important. Speed is important. Yes. So the concept of, hey, the perfect house came on the market today, you waiting until this weekend or next weekend, that that's not happening, is it? No. No. We, uh, the good yeah. ones are gone. Yep. There was a house yesterday, for example, just hit the market mm-hmm. yesterday morning. Um, showed, you know, some clients 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. I got with the agent after the showing and said, okay, how many offers, you know, I'm going to be submitting an offer. They're like, well, I'm showing at 6 o'clock. I, got, I mean, I'm reviewing, presenting, presenting at 6 o'clock. So um, wow. I need it by 5 o'clock in order to get it printed and get it over, you know, so I can present it with wow. the offers I'm presenting. They already had four offers, Lori. <gasps> wow. So, and that doesn't happen all the time. But I'm no, just but saying ones, you have to does. be ready if we weren't ready and in a position where I need to submit that along with our offer, you know, they want to make sure we have the right. funds if they're to accept our offer. Right. So, and I know we work with great lenders, but asking a lender to drop everything, get desktop approval, review the credit report, all that in the space of an hour so you can get right. that pre-approval with desktop underwriting to the yes. other agent. That, it's difficult. That's yeah, tough. That's- and I know, Margaret, you were telling me not long ago, you're so great with numbers, that, what is it, if you remember that purchasing at a higher price and a lower interest rate uh-huh. is better than purchasing at a lower price and a higher interest rate, because the interest rate is going to determine how much your end game you're paying. I mean, because... Uh, the, right. You're paying, you know, if you're paying for or 5% over 30 years, or if you're paying right now 2.6, you're going to save, you know, depending on the price of your home, anywhere from twenty five dollars to $80,000 in right. interest alone. Right. Plus, 
the price differential isn't going to be that substantial and your monthly payments are actually going to be better, right? Correct, yeah. And so each interest point, I mean you could I mean depending on, you know, your credit and all that, I mean it's could matter between ten and twenty thousand dollars of a house. Right. That's mm-hmm. just amazing. Mm-hmm. So I have really appreciated having you guys uh, join me this morning. Um, I'm going to wrap this up with asking you, what do you think is the best part about being a buyer specialist? I think, like I said earlier, just running into them I mean, in different situations out and about in town and then them just coming up to you and just thanking you that they're so happy with their home and just that satisfaction that it's, um, not just the day you give them the keys, but it's long-term. And then when they call you and say, hey, I really love this house, but can I buy a new one? <laughs> <laughs> and they trust that the McCarty Group is going to make that mm-hmm. transaction as seemingly as smooth as the first one. Perfect. And for you, Stacy, anything you want to add to that? Um, I think it's rewarding in the relationships that I develop along the way. Um that the smiles on the faces mm-hmm. um, of you know home ownership, right? It I, for me it warms my heart to know that I have helped solve a problem for them, that I have helped them from my side move on in that next phase of their lives, and I know that that that's rewarding for you all as well. You know, I can't thank you ladies enough for being on the show this morning and for sharing all of your expertise about buyers and the buying process. I think each of you, um, your passion, your dedication, clearly evident. And I think those traits combined with the outstanding customer service that you offer make it clear why you've been so successful as one of our buyer's agents at the McCarty Group. Again, aside from calling the office at 661-665-SOLD, you can reach Stacy at 661-805-2702, and you can reach Margaret. Her direct number is 661-205-1418. I think that'll be a wrap for today. As always, it's been a pleasure to share this Sunday morning with you and hopefully bring you a little clarity to the world of real estate. You'll want to stay tuned for Sean Hannity coming up next. And of course, you don't want to miss cruising through the oldies with Lugnut at noon. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors, hoping you have a wonderful rest of your day and a fantastic week ahead. I'll look forward to joining you again next week on the Kern County Real Estate Review, where we'll explore another exciting real estate topic. You're listening here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent. 
so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to the McCartygroup.com and start packing.